how to earn thousands of dollars a month sharing the best bargains in your niche. What's up, what's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, a part of the Entrepreneur Podcast Network, because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. Awesome story for you today on monetizing a hobby in a unique way from dailygolfsteals.com. David Paxton, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Hi, Nick. Great to be here. Likewise, excited to dive into this one. So stick around to hear how David sources the deals that he's sharing out, how he gets the word out for those, and how he monetizes the business. And maybe more importantly, is how you may be able to borrow the same idea for your own niche, either to start a new income stream from scratch or add some revenue to an existing business. Notes and links for this one are at sidehustlenation.com slash David. While you're there, I was actually surprised, 580 episodes, David wasn't taken, but sidehustlenation.com slash David. While you're there, make sure to download the free list of 20 other hobby niche ideas that you could probably apply the same business model to. Again, that's at sidehustlenation.com slash David, or just follow the show notes link in the episode description. So where I want to start here is unlike most affiliate businesses, which take months or maybe even a year plus to gain any significant traction, Daily Golf Seals posted two grand in your first month. So talk to me about how you made that happen. Yeah, absolutely. It was very nice off the bat to have quite such a good month. So it was a confluence of a few different factors. One, it was July. So a good month for golf. It's sunny. Everyone's playing golf. People are outside and they probably even got a bit into that golf season looking to purchase that next piece of equipment that's going to get them over the hill. So that was kind of one piece. And then the second, and I'll talk a bit more about it in the fact that Reddit plays. This is July 2021, just for the sake of timeline. That is correct. Yes, exactly. So just about going on two years ago now. The second piece here is Reddit, just as an audience. It's an amazing community. And if you can get them on your side, you get them engaged, you're providing value, they can be your biggest advocates. And the fact that in the first month was able to just get that level, I can't remember the quite number of clicks, but just people instantly engaging, instantly using your clicks to go through to these websites and making purchases. And it's really just a showcasing the value that a free audience can do, as long as you can bring them along for the ride. Was there even a website at that point, or is it you're posting affiliate links directly to a golf subreddit? There was a website, and the website, I'll be honest, it's not the prettiest thing, but it gets the job done. And that really was just the funnel. I mean, Reddit, back to some of its, I would say it's sometimes anti-corporation, anti-shilling. They are a bit wary. However, I was able to sort of, I would put up about five to seven deals I would give some that were kind of freebies. They would just go straight. I wasn't making any money of them and trying to find that right balance. And then two or three of them at the time, I would actually have them go to Daily Golf Steals and then they would need to make that click and then go through. And those ones that would be actually monetizing. Now, I am curious to hear how you gently started dropping these links. Because like you said, Reddit could be very anti-self-promotion. And if they sniff out that you're there, not as a member of the community, but as a for-profit corporation and all of a sudden, it's like, wait, 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 wait. I mean, I guess you're coming in with, hey, look, I'm trying to be helpful here. I'm trying to save you guys some money. Like, here's some cool stuff that we found. But just curious how you approach that. There's a couple of things. So one, the R Golf subreddit is a weird grandfathered position. So for whatever reason, going back, I think three or four people, there's always been someone who's the go-to deal person on the subreddit, posting those deals, doing it of the goodness of their heart. So there was kind of an established role. There was actually someone who was already doing it that I kind of sort of tried to work alongside a bit of 
friendly competition, I'll say. So one is an established position. And then the second piece here is demonstrating that value. It is really about actually spending that time digging in with the deals. I'll get into a bit more about how I automated and sourced them. But it was like, I think people kind of said, okay, yeah, maybe it's an extra click. Maybe there's a bit of self-promotion. But if he's actually finding me good deals and I'm making that purchase and the number of messages I was getting from folks that said, there's real value here, you started to actually see that engagement and build some support. I think that's the other piece I would say here too, is people would actually jump to my defense. Some would be like, hang on, like this is shilling, self-promotion. And then some would be like, no, hang on, like he's actually doing this. He's been doing it consistently. That's okay. And I think that's really the way it goes. And I mean, such a strong part of Reddit is the community. And that was the other thing. It's like, I would listen to feedback. Someone would say, hey, that deal's no longer live. I'd be like, oh, okay, let me update it. Or like actually chatting to people. It's not just post the link and be done. It's post the links, engage, ask questions, have other people contribute, really buying into that community aspect. Yeah, being a part of it. In that sense, you weren't relying on SEO for discoverability. It was like, I'm going to shortcut the audience building phase go directly to the hungry crowd who, who wants this stuff. Yeah. And SEOs, it's a difficult game to play for me. Because if you think about it, if I'm posting a deal for big name manufacturer, if I'm searching Titleist, driver, golf deal, Titleist is going to be the first one that shows up on the first page. And then you've also got all these other golf retailers. I'm really going to struggle to be that one that's competitive. So you have to find that creative way to get to the top of the list or get in front of that audience. Yeah. And that is interesting, especially because it's like the deals turn over on a daily or somewhat weekly basis, like to constantly be playing that game and trying to rank in those individual pages. That seems really, really challenging. So you almost have to figure out another marketing tactic here. But what's interesting is you even starting 2021, we're a good 10 plus years past the golden days of Groupon and Living Social and the golden era of what I would call like daily deal sites or services. What inspired you to even go down this road? I think a couple of things. It's just my own personal experience. So I feel like you got to have the passion behind the business really to keep it going. But for me, it was a confluence of a couple of things. So one, I was taking up golf. I had done it for a couple of years. I'd gone through the pains of spending a lot of money trying to figure out my equipment. You spent money on apparel. You spent money on shoes, on tee times. Really appreciated front and center how expensive it was. And being a pretty frugal guy, I mean, I drove a 19-year-old car until two months ago when I had to get rid of it, we'll say, with a, a kid on the way. Frugality was part of the mentality too. So it's kind of like passion for golf, seeing how expensive it is. And then also just my mantra around trying to save money. It was like a nice intersection of the two. And then really the Reddit piece was the spark. That was what kind of saw this. I saw this guy who was doing it and I reached out to him. I said, hey, I think what you're doing is awesome. You're posting some great deals. Like maybe we can find a way to monetize it. So work together on this. I've got some experience. I did some things way back when on the nursing recruitment side that had an affiliate component to it. And basically said like, hey, not interested. I'm doing this just kind of for fun. He's like, if you want to do it, do it. You can sort of do it as well, but I'm not necessarily looking to, to monetize it. And I was like, all right, that's good enough for me. And for a while, we were posting each first pacing about seven deals a day, which was a slightly weird thing for the community, but we made it work. Was anybody else doing it on a commercial level, like trying to carve out some authority in that space? It seems like people have tried and then kind of given up. I saw some old Twitters that had sort of been the daily deal and I don't know, from 2018 and did it for a period of six months and then stopped. I'll be honest, it's a ton of work. 
Like that's one of the biggest things to me. And you look at people have tried it in golf. I think there's been some success elsewhere. So I'll give the plug there to Cameron from Hunting Gear Deals was actually was the initial owners for me to start listening to the podcast. Oh, I don't nice. know if you want to speak to any of what he, he did there. Yeah. So he was doing very similar business, curating gear deals in the hunting niche. And that's episode 485 in the archives, if you want to go check that one out. So that came across your radar somehow. And you said, all right, I got to check this episode out. Absolutely. And I reached out to him. I said, I listened to your podcast one night and it was I don't know, 10 o'clock at night. And I sent him an email. I was like, hey, I'm doing the same thing as you. Let's chat. Maybe we can learn from one another. He was, came back super excited. We hopped on the phone the very next day and chatting shop. He was talking a bit about how he gets sponsors on, like how he's sourcing deals. I'll say this guy is a real hard worker. He's doing all of this very, very manually. I can talk a bit about how I've tried to automate the process as much as I could, but he, he has some success, been doing it, success, have been doing it for years, and it was just a good chance. And I think even building some of that momentum, sort of excitement, talking to other people, doing it well, it's always nice to hear that there is a sort of, what does the next five years potentially look like? Yeah. And I want to say at that time, I don't know if he has since quit, but he was still working the day job. He had like a 90 minute commute from West Virginia. He was definitely putting in yeah. some hours <laughs> to that. And it kind of brings me to my issue with daily golf steals. It's the daily part. It's the grind of like constantly having to find the next thing. And so how do you go about that and fit that around the day job and other responsibilities in life? I'd say one of the things I'm likening back to that first month was like, from the get-go, I was like, hey, there's something here. I don't know quite what it is. I don't know quite how big it is. But with a couple thousand dollars in the pocket, I was like, I can actually make this doable. I'm not going to be able to personally spend an hour every single day or two hours every single day sourcing deals. But I think there's a path to making this workable and kind of coming up with both processes and automation or tools that can make this doable. So we did a couple things. So one, I actually hired a couple contractors. So I reached back out to the university golf team back at my alma mater at UVA. And I said to them, I was like, hey, golf startup, trying to do something cool here. Would love some help and sourcing deals. We'll pay you all that good stuff. So I kind of reached out to one people who are doing the sourcing. And then a second person also on the team who was doing the upload. So every day we need to get the newsletter ready. We need to get the Reddit post ready. We need to do the social media. And basically started to get this yin and yang going in terms of people who could take over so they could take a step back from the day. So that was kind of step one was get some people in place, sort of paying them to take off some of the operational burden. And then the second piece that I did, and I'd say scrappiness is very much front and center to daily golf steals. I was like, I think there's a way that I can do this and make this smoother and actually have some backup on why this is a deal. A lot of these affiliate partners are going to provide you with catalogs. So they want you to be able to see what inventory they have, what the stock levels look like. They give you the links, the images, the descriptions, which people use in a variety of different ways. And I said to myself, like, hey, if they're giving that to me on a daily basis and they're updating it daily, there's actually something kind of an interesting, I don't call it arbitrage opportunity here, but some way to say, okay, what did yesterday's catalog look like? What did today's catalog look like? And how do they differ? Didn't write a line of Python before this, but I was like, I can probably figure this out on Stack Overflow and other methods to say, okay, let's compare those two. Where are the price drops? And where are there actually new products available? And what I was doing was basically across, I think it was about 10 different partners Coming up with that list to when my guys were looking for the deals, they could just go, they'd sort of type in the FTP, sort of pull down the sort of short list of these potential deals and then pick a handful. 
not every single deal was going to be found from there, but of the seven that they're trying to target, maybe they're getting three or four. And that just cuts down the time immensely. Okay. There's a couple things to unpack there. Let's go back to the technical side and ask how you kind of structured the contractor roles with so I'm going to the university golf team and say, Hey, do you want to come help me find deals? And you know, how did you structure payment for that? And just what do their hours look like? I try to get creative and, and sometimes simpler is better. Basically for a while, I was like, Hey, let me give you a fixed sort of hourly salary or hourly wage. And then I'll give you bonuses based on number of clicks that go through to each of these deals, trying to bit a bit of an incentive of give the best deals. And then kind of in the interest of operational simplicity, I eventually moved away from that and basically said, hey, I'm not going to come up with some creative formula here, but if the business is well on a monthly basis, I'll give you a bonus. So very much structured as alignment of incentives, put out great deals, that's going to transfer into revenue. I'm going to give you a cut on the, the back end of sort of a bonus commensurate. In terms of amount of time, it was about, and it still is, about an hour of deal sourcing and then an hour of operational support every day, Monday through Friday. Okay, gotcha. And then on the technical side, I think this is really interesting because we were doing something similar 10, 15 years ago in the shoe comparison site that I used to run where we import all the inventory from our affiliate partners. And it was like data feed. So like heavy, big process files upload to the server and churn through all this data. And it's probably all API at this point. And we'd run these comparisons. Like this was the price yesterday. Here's the new data from today. Is it more? If it's the same as yesterday, ignore that row, move on to the next one. And so we'd churn through and update the prices that way. And so it sounds like something similar. Hey, I've identified the eight to 10 golf outlets or golf retailers that I want to be a partner with. And I'm going to have a look at their catalog on a consistent basis and just look, be on the lookout for price drops through this semi-automated system. Like, I don't even know how I would go about that today, but you essentially like Python coding scripts and scraping and stuff. Yeah. I'll just say on your point about they've come a long way. Some have, some haven't. There's definitely, a, all of it was based on CSV files for what that's worth. So it was downloading a bunch of CSV files, holding them. I eventually moved it over to AWS, which actually helped run it behind the scenes. So it wasn't manually needing to run it every single time on my computer or on my um, sort of contractor's computer. But yeah, it works. It's at least a starting point and saves a lot of time. Because there was no off-the-shelf solution for this? Nope. It's me spending late nights trying to figure out, okay, like, how do I do that division? As I'm not a coder, I've got very limited experience. And I think it's kind of the hustle mentality is my attitude is figure it out with enough time, with enough research. Yeah, sometimes you need to pull in the experts. And I did that a couple of times. But yeah, you can figure out. And that was one piece. And then I'll just talk briefly about automation since we're going down this path. The, the other piece was the operational side. That's a lot of work. Yes, they've got the starting deals, but then the guy needs to come with the description and then he needs to format it for Reddit and then he needs to format it for the newsletter. And those aren't always the same. So the other piece we did with it is I built a VBA tool that basically automated and said, okay, if you take the same inputs, give the same description, give the same, like why it's a good deal, the links, et cetera. And then actually using VBA to produce, here's the HTML for the newsletter. And you just copy and paste that in. Okay, here's the output for Reddit. Copy and paste that in and make some small tweaks. Here's the output for the upload. So really back to with the daily deals approach, if you didn't do these types of automation, and, and this is Cameron 
does the brute force a ton of work to get there. It's a lot of effort. So how can we make this doable in those two hours of work for my contractors on a daily basis? Yeah, no question. Okay, so your output from this running these big compared today's prices versus yesterday prices, your output is like, well, here's the 15 to 25 rows that had a price drop. So we want to highlight those. But in that Excel file, now you're able to use, if you're speaking my language here, VBA, that's taking me back to like <laughs> my uh, information systems classes in college. But Visual Basic for Applications runs inside of Excel to say, okay, now I can apply kind of this templatized HTML script tagging, you know, essentially like something that I could easily copy and paste or maybe even automatically push to the newsletter software or push into WordPress or push into, you know, whatever you're using to build the site. Yeah. There's a couple of manual steps in there, but conceptually, yeah, it's all how can we streamline this, reduce the time, reduce the errors, make everyone's life as easy as possible. Yeah. Okay. Now I feel like you have another spin-off side hustle in licensing that tool to any number of other niches. I think that's really interesting because yeah, that, yeah. that daily component, that grind of constantly having to manually hunt for this stuff is a way to source it a little bit smarter. More side hustle show goodness in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Yeah. And I think to me, that's when I did that initial market validation look at what's out there. That's why you hunt people who've done it for six months and then probably say, ah, this is a lot of work. And I can see at this point, I mean, this 
I don't want to paint it all as rosy pictures. Yeah, it's been great from the get-go, that really first hit months off the bat. But it has been a grind. It's still been a lot of work, even with the tools. My guys go on vacation. I've had some changeovers in terms of personnel. I was doing it myself for a month this summer as well. So there's definitely low points with it as well, but do what you can. I think consistency is the basis here. That's one of my takeaways and is, I think, since July of 2021, we've missed two days out of about 600 at this point in terms of daily deals. And in that window, I've got married, I've had a honeymoon, couple of vacations, and then just had a kid. Just had a baby, yeah. All of two weeks ago here. Yes, congrats on it. It's a miracle you're even on. At that stage of our life, we're like, well, we're not sleeping. So I'm not in any point to form coherent sentences in the, on the podcast. In fact, I probably still had to record. And I think there's probably a couple episodes from that era where you could hear like him screaming next to the room over, getting a diaper change or something like, ah, yeah. hopefully you would just turn down the, the mic slightly and hopefully it doesn't get picked up. This is helpful to know. So is that accurate? Like eight or 10 different affiliate partners, like the more you have, the more data you got to churn through. And so it's about eight to 10. I mean, I would say eight to 10 that provide a coherent, thoughtful catalog that we update on a regular basis. I mean, in terms of affiliate partners, probably got about 40 on board. And then one of the priorities I've been doing in, in kind of 2023 has been more about one-off partnerships and kind of like interesting smaller deals. There's a ton of direct-to-consumer golf brands really out there that are looking for creative, they kind of bootstrapping themselves, don't have huge marketing budgets. And that's kind of the scrappy mentality that aligns with what Daily Golf Steals is trying to do as well. So we've got the big ones who can be their catalogs. They comprise probably about 50% of the deals. I then do another 25% maybe that are one-offs or trying to build those partnerships. And then the last 25 I don't know. There's some people that I work with and I don't directly have a relationship, but they have a great deal. I don't make any money from it, but it's the right thing to do is also you can't monetize. You can't sort of be pushing every single affiliate link or you lose that trust. Like you want to make sure it's the best prices. You want to make sure that you're putting compelling stuff in front, even if it's not necessarily the one that you make a, a ton of money on or any money on. If it's a killer deal, you almost have to share it because that's the brand and people will remember that and come back to you. And even if it's not monetized. Yeah. I mean, Amazon's one example. I don't have a partnership or affiliate relationship with Amazon. And you want to talk about mistakes or challenges? Amazon affiliate program is no joke. They are very stringent about making sure you play by the rules. I've applied and been in a couple times. And then the most recent one, they said to me like, hey, basically your site is not adding enough value. You're not adding enough value just as a daily deal. So they're like, all right, we're cutting you out. Wow. But that's that I still include Amazon in there because they have some great golf deals. I am really shocked by that. I would have thought Amazon would be a pretty big chunk of the revenue pie. Yeah, I wish. No, unfortunately they are nothing, nothing right now. I wonder if you'd be able to run it through like a sub affiliate, like skim links or one of these other services just to even get a piece. Cause it's like you said, you're still sharing this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's really surprising. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking like, shoot, you're going through all this trouble, dude, I'm sourcing these deals daily. What are you talking about? Value add? Like, of course I'm adding value. I save people a ton of time every day. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, maybe they look at the website and back to scrappiness. If you check out the website, it's not the most beautiful thing in the world. I'll be honest. I started in a weekend in July, 2021, the updates since then, very minimal. So it's based on a standard WordPress template. It's a little janky. It's one that hasn't been updated in five years, but it gets the job done. So maybe they also looked at it and said, eh, this website is a little 
<laughs> not the prettiest. We don't want to sort of associate the other piece I'll say on a more serious note with Amazon too is one of their things is pricing. So for them, pricing is critical. They want to make sure affiliates are always providing the latest. And they actually encourage a lot of people not to include pricing. They don't want the user to expect it's $10 and they go and it's actually 20 So partially by the nature of my business being, this deal is going to last 24 hours, eight hours. If I hover up there, it could be gone within a matter of hours. And then I'm sending sort of misleading people in their mind. Yeah. I actually wrote some scripts for them to try and solve this problem and go back and forward with them to basically be like, hey, if it's an Amazon deal, remove it within 24 hours. And I thought that might address it. And then they're like, ah, they let me back in. And then they said the thing about values. Gosh, I don't mess with Amazon. It's a tricky one. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's troubling. We were talking a lot about technical details and AWS is written by engineers for engineers. It's like its own secret box in itself. But these are all solvable problems. Like you said, hey, I didn't have a huge technical background. I was able to solve it. And even for the, in my case, with the shoe business, I found outsourced developers to build this whole system for me. Like I wouldn't know the first thing about it other than like trying to, well, how, how would we logically go through this to minimize resources? So these are solvable problems. If you're curious, like don't get hung up on that. And there's always the manual way to do it too. Although I think this is much more sustainable long-term. Now, I want to ask about the email list because this is something that, hey, if I'm posting these deals directly on Reddit, not, and if I'm already subscribed to this subreddit, then not a lot of incentive for me to join the email list. But at this point, over 30,000 subscribers. So obviously people are signing up for it. Talk to me about growing the list. A couple things in terms of list growth here. So one is sticking in the footer of every single Reddit post. I have a little bit of an other section that says, hey, you want to get these deals in your inbox? Click on this link and sign up, which actually generates, I don't quite have the numbers off the top of my head, but is getting a number of people signing up, maybe about 10 people per day, even people who are obviously seen it in Reddit. I think it's another way to hit them. Maybe they are browsing Reddit at work. It's probably not quite as acceptable as checking that email where they're sort of grabbing a coffee. So maybe there's a little bit more appropriate in terms of another channel. They don't want to miss them. And that's kind of a, a nice thing there. So that's one. Reddit's definitely a source and continues to grow even if people have seen it there. The second one's Facebook ads. So done a ton of Facebook advertisement over the course of the business. I would say probably of the 30,000, I would say probably about 10, 12,000 of those came from Facebook ads. It's not the cheapest way to get started. I think my cost per acquisition is about $1.25, $1.30, which I've tried to do the calculation on, is it actually worth the payoff? And it's a bit of a, a question mark. I imagine it's around break-even for me, given I get sort of small increments when you're an affiliate business, but it's been a big source. And then the third one was actually a giveaway. So there was a company called Golf Advisory Council. Basically, what they do is, among other various marketing channels, they actually bring together different companies and sponsor a giveaway. So this was a St. Andrews giveaway, sort of Dream Scotland golf trip. Basically, what you end up doing is if I'm, they worked with a local golf company, I was part of it and maybe like five other sponsors and everyone contributes to the, the prize pool. So that includes the trip. I gave some gift cards from one of my partners. People give golf bags. And I don't know, values end up being quite high. It's maybe like $10,000 for the winner. And then basically everyone kind of pulls together, promotes it. And then as part of it, if you want to enter, you give your name, your email, your phone number, all of that stuff. 
And at the end of it, they draw out the winners. I think it was one person and their friend. And then everyone who contributed and sort of paid to sponsor gets the email addresses on the other side. So what this ended up doing, I think it netted about 80,000 emails. And then what you had to do and, and trying to do this in the above board way and like sending a couple emails, if you don't get the engagement and you take them off or sort of as soon as any spam reports are unsubscribed, they're gone completely. But basically whittled that down to about, I think it was maybe around 15,000 or people who are actually interested and engaged and keeping those engagement metrics. A big one for me is obviously open rates. I try to keep my open rates around 40 plus percent, which is pretty good, I think, on a, a daily email to keep that consistency over the tenure. What's the email service provider that you're using? Self-hosted. I mean, if I'm extrapolating it out, I send about 22 emails a month to 30 plus thousands. So that ends up being about 700, 750,000 per month, which if you're trying to do it on a MailChimp or others, becomes very pricey. So I actually self-host it on AWS via a program that's called Sendy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, I think AWS or Amazon has simple email send or something like that. And I think it's a fraction of a cent per send and allows me to, to do all of that for less than a couple hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Gosh, you're like, I'm not a coder. I'm not technical. But you're like throwing out all these like, well, that's not the off the shelf solution here. It's not as easy as signing up for active campaign in my case. But no, I've had some other friends have recommended Cindy too, especially as the list grows where all of a sudden I, I mean, I talked about this in a recent episode, having to pay like 7,000 bucks a year to active campaign for a list uh, a little over a hundred thousand at this point. And so it's like, this would be the more economical way to do it, but then to be able to do all of the automations and other features, that would be a whole nother ball game to try and set up on my own. I can imagine. Yes. But targeting 40% open rates, that helpful. And so trying to find a similar giveaway to be a part of to a rising tide lifts all boats. Hey, we can band together. We can all promote this thing and collect some more emails in that way. And then scrubbing those down. These are some freebie seekers. Like they're not going to engage like, okay, well, how many net new subscribers did we get from that? I think that makes sense. On the Facebook ads, is there a particular image or ad copy? Like I've, you probably split test different things. Like what's working there to drive email signups? Yeah. That seems low, buck 25, buck 30 per subscriber. That seems like pretty strong acquisition. Basically, I think it's four or five images. The first one is like sign up to Daily Golf Steals, the best deals, coupons, and something else. So kind of like catchphrase there. And then it's got a nice little arrow at the bottom that says like, check out to learn some more. And then you, you scroll over. And then the first thing it says is like, we partner with all the biggest golf brands and then lists sort of like four or five in there to find the best deals. And then the next one sort of shows, I don't know, a copy or an image of the best deal. We've got four golf balls and then one of them's got is gold and it's got like a dollar sign. And then the last one, I think in there, it's got like an arrow says like, sign up now to get the best five in your, your email, sort of in your inbox. Oh, it's kind of like a carousel slider type of post. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Carousel. I'm sure I could do better if I spent the time on it. It's working. I mean, I started those from almost the, the following month after that one saying, okay, yeah, I think it was about that time frame started them. So it's been running for a while now. I'm sure if I had an expert back to kind of my mentality here is give it a go kind of figure it out. And then at a certain point, if it's worthwhile, go and hire an expert to, to do it better. Like the AWS on the automation tool, bringing that online. But there's no tracking to say, okay, I know that long-term an email subscriber that opens 40% of the emails and buys three pieces of new gear a year is going to be worth $5. So I will happily spend you know a buck 30 all day long to get them on my list. 
I tried to back into it, if I'm honest, using expected clicks. Okay, what is the value of my click? My clicks actually are earning per click is pretty low. I think we're about 10 cents per click, which isn't great. Um, and that was one of the things I compared notes with Cameron. That said, it kind of works out. I would say it's probably about break even. But the interesting part is the conversations you can have. Like that's, I talk a bit about the revenue smoothing concept starting to work with more one-up partnerships. It's a lot more compelling to say, I've got a newsletter of 33,000 people. I will be able to guarantee I'll put a deal in front of between that and Reddit about 30 to 50,000 golfers. I couldn't, even if it's more pricey or I'm not quite breaking even, you start to have those types of conversations that I think starts to get the flywheel going. Yeah. A little more social proof. That makes a lot of sense. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. All right, so the email goes out every day and it is generated through the help of these HTML generated things you copy and paste into from the Excel sheet, what deals do we find? And hopefully we get a 40% open rate. Hopefully people go click and they buy the things. Like what's a typical commission rate in this niche? I mean, like five to 10%, like I don't know what's average. It really varies based on size, based on the partnership. I would say it ranges from 1%. There's a couple, I don't really spend a ton of time with them just as a result, up to my highest are about 20%. If I'm trying to extrapolate out there, it's probably the bigger guys are starting to be into the more of the range between like 5 to 10%. Sort of the, the big names you've heard of, Global Golf, Callaway Pre-Owned are a couple of my big ones. And then when you get into more of the 15 to 20%, that starts to be sort of smaller brands who need to try and attract that attention. They're more the direct-to-consumer kind of scrappiness using affiliate channels versus the other guys have just that negotiation power. That said, I have also, and back to the social proof, back to the tenure, you can start to engage and start to negotiate with them too. I'm having the conversations. I regularly talk to my guy from Callaway Pre-Owned a bit about what we could do together, talking about commission rates as well. So it's back to if you can generate and demonstrate the value and the numbers kind of start to be compelling. I, I say to people, hey, on a monthly basis, I'll get, I get about 750,000 impressions to a million impressions. I'm generating 130 to 150,000 clicks. And it's like, all right, me as Callaway pre-owned this. It's worth a conversation and start to demonstrate that value after a couple of years. Yeah, so you're able to sell like sponsorships in the newsletter. Or what does that conversation look like? Yeah, it's translated into that. And I think about the phase of the business. One of the big ones for 2023 was how can I put more money in my pocket on day one as opposed to just relying on the affiliate? Like especially on the daily deals, your revenue looks like this based on how great a deal did we find yesterday for today? So part of what I was trying to do this year is a couple things. One is almost like pre-purchasing deals. So the ability to say, I want to do a package of four deals every single month for the rest of the year and giving them effectively a discounted rate. I'm doing flat fee, which is kind of nice. They get the upside, but I'm getting some fixed money in, in that side. So one is package deals. And then the second is sponsorship, which you highlight. This would be probably more with like the direct-to-consumer brands or something? Yeah, although a couple of big ones. So Callaway Pre-Owned is actually a sponsor on the newsletter themselves. So they do it, which is great. That's kind of one piece is package deals. I do that with a couple of golf ball companies. I do it with a couple of apparel companies. The second is the sponsorship. And if I look at it kind of back to, I've got a few different properties at this point. There is the 
newsletter, which is generating 15,000 impressions, 17,000 impressions on a daily basis, which is great. So you can sort of do a bit of a sort of a banner in the middle, one at the bottom, one there. And then the second is Reddit. So I have a little bit of an other section. I'm trying not to blow it up too much, trying to sort of be thoughtful about not spamming there, but also having the space there that's getting a lot of impressions. I kind of feature a couple of people, might cycle them through as well on a monthly basis. And then the website as well as a third one, although that's kind of smaller. So that's really where the the fixed pieces, as I said, put a couple couple grand in my pocket from day one, as opposed to just waiting for the affiliate to get there. On Reddit, do you post once per day? Like here's the top five things that we found. Or are you making like individual posts for each of those deals? Yeah, so it's all consolidated. It's here's the top seven, call it. So it's kind of like here's the seven daily deals. And then at the bottom, I have an other section that's effectively, it's kind of like sign up for my newsletter. Hey, if you're a veteran or first responder, here's all these companies that give you discounts. And then kind of a couple other things in there. So Global Golf, uh, really one of my big partners, I plug them in there. So that's kind of how it works. Okay. Does the website matter? Like if the, Majority of traffic is coming through email and Reddit. Like, do people go to the website? Honestly, not really. But you need it. I mean, coming back to the affiliate pieces, I couldn't go to an affiliate program and be like, hey, I've got a newsletter. I mean, maybe you could there, a newsletter at Reddit. They want to look at something. Yeah. It's ugly. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> they want to see something that you're actually applying with. And it generates some traffic. When we talk about SEO, you start to get trickling in. Like if you search golf daily deals, I think I'm in the first spot or a couple variations, but you're getting, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 clicks per day. It's really small kind of in the grand scheme of things. So yes, you do need it. The other piece, and this was more of a discovery for me this this year, and we talked a bit about from the get-go, not trying to spam seven links that go to daily golf deals that then go to affiliate. I was trying to do two to three. Because I didn't want to create that additional friction for people because you see a big drop off as well. What I found is actually the website and the template that I put together actually has almost a creates and redirect for you. So it goes www.dailygolfsteals.com slash go slash Callaway pre-owned deal, something like that. And then it's got a number after it. I can actually copy and paste that redirect that then uses that affiliate link and put it into Reddit. So starting in 2023, once I realized this, I just actually, every single thing that I put in Reddit, whether I'm getting a commission, I'm not getting a commission, I'll just use that slash go, which then rather than monetizing three out of seven deals, I was then able to monetize seven out of seven deals, uh, which was also another kind of boost to, to start the year too, if that makes sense. Sorry, help me understand that. So that's like a like an affiliate link redirect plugin? It's not even a plugin. It's basically just part of the native functionality in this template that I found. But yeah, it basically creates a redirect link that Reddit is happy allowing me to post. And it effectively goes Reddit. You click the link. It goes Daily Golf Steals. It redirects. It goes affiliate link. It goes website. So it's kind of created an artificial and a redirect in there that just allowed me to effectively, I say, increase my traffic on every single click by 40%, where I was losing them when they were clicking through the daily golf steals as an interim and then the second click. To the user, they're not stopping on your website. They're flowing directly through to whatever they clicked on, like the, whatever the deal was that they clicked Which on. Which is a win-win for them. I mean, people, and back to your question about how does the community react? They don't, some of them probably don't even know that daily golf steals actually exists because they're just clicking that link if they're not paying attention to the bottom. What's the theme or template for the site? 
The theme is Clipper. It's one I think I found on one of the WordPress marketplaces way back when seemed the functionality I needed. Clipper is the name of it. Gotcha. Well, thanks for sharing that. So we've got the affiliate partnerships. We've got the sponsorships. Anything else monetization wise? That's it so far. My philosophy on all of this and why I've kept doing it is build an audience. To me, building an audience and whether you monetize via affiliate, whether you move into physical product or something like that, it's just giving you a base. But right now, it's all about affiliate and sponsorship. Sounds good. And then between the email, between the Facebook ads, between Reddit, anything else you're doing to proactively market the business? It's honestly conversations like this. So we talked about SEO, search engines, really not a huge source of traffic. That's largely a result of not having the right backlinks, the right type of engagement. So having great conversations like these, we got featured in a blog via one of my affiliate partner kind of platforms. They wrote something. So pieces like that, I think just getting some of that link juice should also help. We talk about, when you talk about search engine, I guess there's a lot buried in the long tail. I mean, if you think about it, I've got 4,000 deals out there. So there's actually a lot of content and a lot of long tail phrases. If you specifically search this very one-off and wrote deals at the end of it, if I can actually boost my domain authority, there's probably a decent chance I could actually end up on that first or second page and start to get the trickling in, but just haven't focused on, on building those backlinks to date. Yeah, even if that is long since out of stock or that deal has expired, you know, you're hopefully getting traffic to it. And maybe they set your affiliate cookie and, you know, maybe they find something else that is in stock or that is relevant, or maybe they sign up for the email list. I missed this one, but this sounds like a cool service. So let me sign up for this. So that makes sense. We'll get you a good backlink for appearing on the show. <laughs> so about an hour on the deal sourcing side, an hour on the operational side. That's a day in the life. Anywhere else that the time is going? I mean, that's really impressive to build something to this level in just a couple hours a day. And that's the nice thing is like, it's two hours of my contractor's time. My time really is spent around the edges. So a couple of things. Oh, it's true. That's not, even, that's of, not even you. Like somebody else is doing that. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, and they're doing better. the email formatting. It's like, oh, even better. Yep. Okay. I don't even touch it at this point in time. So I mean, my time is spent a couple of things. One is partnerships. So that's both engaging with these affiliate partners, having some of those interesting conversations, building some of those new sort of new sales, new relationships, some of that fixed sponsorship. So I call it revenue generating activities. And then it's a bit on like, how can I improve or keep things sort of running behind the scenes? So if we need to create a net new template or just something, I'm building that out myself or working with my developer to do so. So it's all kind of like improving behind the scenes and then generating revenue. At this point, I'm probably spending about three to four hours a week on it, I would estimate. And then that spikes based on if something's happening or we need to, to spend some time. But consistently, I'm able to step back. It's all nice to have, let's call it, as opposed to need to be involved in the day-to-day. -day. That's right. I imagine there's some seasonality to it, but hey, we got Black Friday coming up. We got holiday shopping season coming up. So it's never a true off-season for golf, despite summer being, I imagine, a little <laughs> bit higher. So that's really cool. If you had to start over, anything you'd do differently if somebody else is staring down the barrel of like, man, I should do daily deals in my own niche. Like, What would you do differently to accelerate? I'd say it's gone pretty... Honestly, it's gone pretty well. I think I've just been more efficient in some of this stuff. Like the automation probably would have tried to bring that in sooner. So just recognizing, I mean, to me, consistency 
everything in this. You can't be a daily deal site if you end up only doing it four days a week. So anything that you can do to be that consistent every single day, making it in a way that actually allows for your lifestyle and you can have another job, have a family, have a life outside of work. That would probably be one that I might try to pull a bit earlier. Yeah. Weekly deals or whenever we feel like a deal is just going to have the same ring to it. Yeah. I've experimented. I think another one maybe I've started playing around with is even niching down a bit further. So one segmentation I did on my list is left-handed versus right-handed golfers. Yeah, I saw that on the opt-in form. Yeah. Yeah, which has actually gone surprisingly well. It's back to how can you give me exactly what's relevant? And I think lefty golfers, I'll say it, they feel kind of left in the dark. People don't like them as much. So the fact that now they have their own special email, I mean, open rates on that 60, 70% and click-through rate is about 10x what I get on my regular newsletter. So it really seemed to be quite effective. And maybe there's a niche here back to niching down. It could be lefty versus righty. There could be a room for lady golf steals, just as another avenue that I think is sometimes overlooked in the golf world. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, the lefty, they've been burned too many times clicking on the, oh, it's only a right-handed club. Like, I'm not doing this again. Oh, this is specifically for left-handed clubs? Like, okay, I'm going for it. That's really interesting. So we got opportunity to expand vertically. Like, I can go deeper into the golf niche and serve the women golfers or serve left-handers, or I could expand horizontally. Like, I could take this model using the automation and knowledge that we have of what made this work. We can expand horizontally into different niches like and go kind of broad that way. I mean, maybe we're just early days of this. I think this, I mean, do you see it becoming a full-time thing? Where do you want to take it? Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. I'll just add a third leg to your one would also be geographies. So one of the things that I keep getting people on Reddit asking me for is Canada deals. Back to people left out in the cold. They feel like, oh, they see all these great deals I'm doing for the US and then they say shipping's $50 uh, on this club. Yeah, that, thank that you. negates any deal that was once there. Yeah, exactly. So that would be another potential angle. As far as the future, yeah, I mean, I'd love to do it full time. I think if my attitude here is if I'm being able to have this type of traction of success in my four to five hour model a week, what could I do if that's 10x that amount? That's definitely on the horizon. If I can consistently sort of hit my goal in terms of revenue, especially throughout the off season, it would be amazing to do that and really see do you start going to do that lady golf steals? Do you go and do another niche? Do you do another geography? And I said, you've got kind of a, I'll call it a waffle iron here. I've got the template. I've got the tools. I've got the newsletter. I've got the processes, got the people. Yeah. If I had more time, you might start it again. Though the only tough part I'll say is Reddit's an amazing asset here. I'm not sure if there's the, that same asset that you can get that base for, for others, but we'll see. Check in with me again in six months time. Yeah. Lock in those other domains. We'll have to do a follow up and see what's going on. So again, dailygolfsteals.com. Check David out over there. Really appreciate you joining me. This is such a cool business and especially the way you've got it set up to, yeah, it's daily, but hey, it's automated and outsourced for the most part. So very cool to hear. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Show up every day, be consistent, be putting a product out there that people are excited about. And I say, do it in a way that works for you. Really try to find that, I'll say consistency to get to a point where you say there's something here and make it work for your lifestyle. There is opportunities for automation, figure out yourself or figure out some help to get you there. Exactly. I think that showing up every day is super underrated. And I remember my brother had this like habit tracker that he showed me at one of our side hustle meetups, I think it was spend five minutes a day writing or spend five minutes a day on my website. And it was like, once I sit down and do it, I might find 15 minutes or 30 minutes. But it was just like, as long as I did five, I get to check that box and feel that 
completion element in the Jerry Seinfeld thing. Don't break the chain, write a joke every day. It's like build that habit, build it into really part of your routine, part of your life there. So appreciate that. And even though the side hustle show is not daily, it's something that has become a part of, well, it just happens every week. You know, if people are like, well, how, how do you do it? Like, I don't, I don't know, just every Thursday, it just happens. So I like that. That call to consistency. I like this call to automate as much as you can. Like, how do I work smart? Like, there's got to be a way just versus manually checking 15 different sites and browsing the clearance section. It's like, no, 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 no. There's got to be a better option here. So working smarter, not harder. And then what really helped it take off was finding a crowd of people who wanted this stuff, rather trying to build something completely from scratch and being a good steward of that community, Reddit in this case, which can be very fickle, can be, hey, we don't want you promoting your stuff in here. So trying to be helpful first, and that goes with a Facebook group, a LinkedIn group, or any type of community that you're a part of. But like leading with value, hey, I found some great deals. Cool. This is awesome. Again, dailygolfsteals.com. Notes and links for this one are at sidehustlenation.com slash David. While you're there, I think you should check out the list of 20 other hobby niches that you might be able to apply the same general business model to. Again, sidehustlenation.com slash David, or just follow the show notes link in the episode description. Now, what to listen to next. If you liked this model, we mentioned it on the call. It is episode 485 with Cameron Stover. That was hunting gear deals, very similar business, but had some different promotion strategies. Again, 485, another daily deals site example. And if you don't like that model, that's fine too. We've got hundreds of other side hustles to choose from. In fact, I've been interviewing awesome entrepreneurs like David for the last 10 years. It's crazy. So go binge on the archives, go find one that's a fit for you. Or, you know, why not build yourself a personalized playlist of the episodes that are most relevant to you? You can do that at hustle.show. All you got to do is answer a few short multiple choice questions and you'll instantly get that custom curated playlist that you can go add to your device. Again, that's hustle.show. Big thanks to David for sharing his insight. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're finding value in the show, the greatest compliment is to share it with a friend. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And we'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. 